It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sod Pod. This is episode 22. We have a reduced crowd here today. There's so much going on. We have Edward Healy, part of the product and marketing team. And of course, he's back again. Sean McMahon, one of the original founders of the Sod Pod, as we often called him, the housewife's favourite. Shawnee, welcome back on the show. Good to be back, James. I feel like a guest on the Late Late Show that someone pulled out and they had to drag in someone on short notice. So here I am. <laughs> You're seen in the RTE canteen. Yeah, come on quick. <laughs> We know what it's available. <laughs> Sean, within Grassland, I suppose you're with us a couple of years now. You have a new role. I, I'm going to take 42 minutes to read out your title, right? Sustainability <laughs> and Operations Compliance Manager. It's a really, really important role within the organization. It shows the, the seriousness of everything that's happening within Grassland. And how's it going for you? And what, what are you at? Going really good, James. I suppose to simplify the job title down a small bit, it's it's basically just helping the product marketing team and John Lachlan and the DRs and the, the agronomists to carry out the sustainability program. And I'm working closely with the IT manager and his team as well because there's been a lot of changes uh, with regulations. We've had update our fertilizer planner. And there's more changes to come. So I'm sort of coordinating between all different groups. And um, yeah, it's going really, really well so far. Can't complain. No, oh, that's brilliant. It's such an important role because look, with Ingress and Agra, such a big organization with a leading IT department. We have a huge technical team. We have a massive sales force. You know, there's eight, nine sales managers, over 50 salespeople on the ground as well, you know, so very important role to link everyone together. And uh, some days a bit of the United Nations is needed too, as we all have creative differences. Ed, we're here now, we're facing into November. There's a lot going on in farms. It's a funny time of year. There's a lot of pressures, a lot of things to be aware of. What are the sort of things we're seeing out there now? Yeah, I suppose, James, look, it's a tough enough time there at the moment. The weather is having a big impact on farms and that's what i'm seeing on the ground around the place um whether whether you're over on the west coast or whether you're over in the east here uh where i am in kilkenny here at the moment it's 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 been very 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 difficult we have some farms in this area that are on heavier grounds that might have animals in two weeks now at this stage we have other lads now that are grazing animals by day and they have darina at night like so look it's it's after being a challenging back end you know, guys have been finding it difficult to to to, to meet the residuals. Average farm cover is probably a little bit ahead of where it would normally be at this mm-hmm. time of the year. Like if you were following the autumn grazing planner, you know, you're probably normally at this time of the year looking to have about 60 percent of the farm closed for the winter. Now it's coming up to the, the first of November. And you're probably depending on your stocking rate, looking to have your average farm covers, you know, probably in the, the 550 to 600 mark. Whereas, you know, at the moment there with grazing conditions the way they are, paddocks are probably gone a little bit stronger than farmers would have liked to let them because I suppose paddocks are wet. Like we're, we're kind of looking at a, an average farm cover in most places around the 700, 750 mark. So we're, we're a little bit stronger now at the moment than, yep. than where we'd like to be. But look, 
there's challenges every year and this is just something that guys are going to have to find a, a way around you know of overcoming whether that's uh, on off grazing you know um use of uh, spur roadways um yeah I, I suppose correct fencing is going to be is going to be is going to be key now at the moment but if we if we want to try and 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 have high quality grass coming in the springtime it's going to be very very important now to try and get residuals met as best as possible without doing harm to paddocks like you know so the next time ed i'm in kilkenny you must show me this heavy ground to get it okay. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough no john is different to mine <laughs> <laughs> all my family from from around uh around comer sean now and i can uh i can guarantee you now there is some heavy ground up there uh, ground is so heavy up there it has its own soil classification <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right, Edward, on the, I suppose, growth rates, it's still mild and growth yeah. rates haven't fallen off a cliff. Do you know, like it's still in the last week to 10 days, we're looking at growth rates up in the northeast here around 20 to, to 25, even 30 in some places. We're in the Midlands and I've I seen a couple of growth rates in, in Wicklow and Kildare there in the journal this week. They're still growing in the mid 30s. So where where the ground is is free draining and the water's getting through the soil, it's the, the soil temperatures are still still there for grass growth and you're probably getting still getting that mineralization bounce where soils are in, in good order. But look at some rain has fallen over the last couple of weeks. How's it need armbands in some paddocks? Do you know, so it's been very difficult. And I suppose any ground that was grazed wet in the last rotation coming to graze it now it's going to be very very difficult because some paddocks are just if they're, they're next in line but they're just not grazeable i think the key when we're getting um when we're getting weather like what we've got up to this point is to be flexible really and that's all thing now at the moment you know um we want to get a nice mix between getting paddocks cleaned off to get so it's not carrying a lot of dead material over the winter but Look, we can't really afford to do major harm to paddocks either. Like, you know, so look, be flexible, graze what you can. And I suppose that's that's all we can do at the moment there. Like there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of herds that are grazing during the day and in during the night. And uh, we're probably a little bit back on milk for this time of the year. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys I'm talking to are kind of back. They're back in the region of three litres now from this time last year. Okay. Um. So what, what I could see now uh, from now on, there's a lot of guys starting to go uh, once a day, and 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 really look, it's probably a time of year where guys need to start looking at their body condition, the body condition score, the animals, and really look. Once we're coming into that housing period, we're we're not going to be far away from drying off in general. Like so, that's that's probably going to be a, a key consideration now going forward. How, how do I have any animals that are that are slightly under condition? Uh, what do I need to do to build them up for calving? Now that's that's really going to be the thing going forward. Yeah, exactly. Is there many cows housed full time in, down in Kilkenny, Edward? Or I suppose on the on on the ground that myself and yourself have different opinions on uh, <laughs> to, as to whether as to whether it's heavy or not. Now there is cows in full time uh, around the country, especially in the last two weeks. Now that we've just had unbelievable quantities of rain falling. Like anyone anyone that's in slightly heavier ground now um, could have had animals in over the last two weeks. In the drier ground around the, the the county, which there is plenty of as well, there is a lot of on-off grazing going on, you know. So, look, as I say to most guys, you can only play the field that's in front of you. 
you know, so you, 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 every farm is going to be slightly different and what works for the farmer up the road is not going to be necessarily the same as what works for yourself, like, you know, but definitely, definitely a, a trying time in, in, in terms of getting uh, getting covers off the fields. Yeah, there's been, look, at over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of animals housed either full time for a period or at night time. And there's definitely been a lot of power washing going on and disinfecting and fixing feed barriers and fixing drinkers to sort of prepare for the for the for the winter ahead. And as you said, some some cows will be in poor condition. Some will be too good a condition. So body conditions going around this time of year before housing is an ideal time to do it and sort of pick out your cows that need a bit of attention and any cows that are, are over conditioned, just keep an eye on them. Yeah. What we're looking to do around calving time is have animals in around that kind of 3.25 uh, of a body condition score. Um, for, guy, for guys that don't know a whole lot about body condition scoring, it goes on a scale from one to five, uh, one being extremely thin animals and and five being extremely fat. But we're looking to calve down animals around the 3.25 mark. And that, look, that will generally range like between 3 and 3.5. But anything below a body condition score of, of 2.75 are, are the animals that you'd, you'd be considering now to either move to once a day or an early dry off to try and build up a bit of condition. And uh, look, it's, I suppose, Body condition score is everything when you're looking at calving down animals. If you're under body condition score, it's been proven that their um, their milk yields in the following season are are a lot lower. And if you're over condition, you're going to be, you know, you're 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 going to have issues getting cows back in calf. You're going to have more instances of of milk fever. It just makes life a lot more difficult. So look, it's something that needs to be monitored. And there was a lot of horse cut silage is of varying quality uh, around the country like you know so it's really about taking stock of what you have in the yard and making your decisions on the diet the mineral contents everything based off of what you can actually analyze yeah just with condition scoring there lads as well i suppose it, it, sometimes it can be a bit subjective and for interpretation but for for any farmer doing it it's not the biggest job in the world to get the cows up the cross you can you can condition score a cow in 20 30 seconds really we'd always recommend pick a couple of cows first that you have an optimum condition just to gauge yourself you know, and then that just sets your number. If you think he's a three, but Shawnee thinks he's a 3.25, that's not the end of the world at all. Just allows you to gauge off those animals. So get in a couple of good condition guys just to gauge yourself, and then you'll work down the line as well. I think in, in, in my own experience, James, the best thing you could do is, is getting someone else into the yard yeah. that doesn't know your cows. From my own experience, it's very easy to make an excuse for an animal do you know, or that she's always thin. You know, she's yeah, she's always, she's always like heavy. That, you know, yeah, yeah. or there's this reason, there's this reason or that. So just getting getting someone that doesn't know your cows to come in and do it is uh, is, I suppose, a fresh set of eyes. A fresh set of eyes is, is never any harm. Like you know, but look, it is it is very simple to do. The whole thing is with it is practice. Do you know, it does take a while to get your eye in. Uh, again, once you're starting into a new season or, or or into the into the back end, like you know, but it is a very 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 good practice to do, and I know a good few lads now that 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 do it when cows are going in and out of the parlour, you know, all through the year. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
the first the first couple of rows of cows that come into the milking power, I'd always get a wee bit of extra attention. So as he says, oh, get getting someone else in to to look. Uh, and and go through the cows. I wouldn't take John Lachlan in because it take longer for John Lachlan to do body conditions going because John had started an argument whether it was a high tree or a low tree. So it's a tree and move <laughs> it's on. It's a tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, in fairness to John, Ma, what I will say about John is extremely well qualified. He's he's more masters than anybody in the country, I think, now at this stage. Uh, so look, if, if anyone is looking to get anybody condition score and done, he's he's a very well qualified man now when it comes to that sort of thing. Ed, the product and marketing team within Grassland has been very busy over the last week going through the ActiSan campaign with the Salesforce. Yep. Why are we going through ActiSan at this time of year? Yeah, so look, the winter housing period is extremely important time, especially when it comes to control of mastitis. You're looking really at infections being introduced into the into the, the system of the animal. So the whole purpose of what we're trying to do with the Actisan now at this time of the year really is minimize the risk of animals getting uh, an infection into the other and calving down then really like you, you won't see clinical signs of mastitis until animals start to calve down in the springtime and it can cause major major issues so i suppose really what we're trying to do with the actisan as you know what, what actisan does is it's really there as a as a drying and a, a disinfecting agent so what it, what it does is it dries the area so it dries three times its own volume right Mm-hmm. So what we're looking to do is dry the area, create an environment that bacteria are not likely to to multiply in. And I suppose the other thing that that it's doing is it Bactisan works at a at a low pH, yeah. right? So the the type of of bacteria that cause mastitis infections don't like low pHs. So what you're doing is you're you're introducing Actisan at a low pH. Those that type of bacteria don't like that low pH, so they're going to be much less likely to cause an issue in terms of, of mastitis there. So you're creating a dry environment, you're creating an environment that biology don't like when you're looking at mastitis causing bacteria. And the other thing that the Actisan is actually doing is, is it tends to lock up a lot of the ammonia in the environment that's actually in the, the, the houses. So animals have a, have a nicer a nicer environment in the sheds. Uh, if you, you have the animals. There, Ed, it locks it in. It doesn't yeah. have a smell to mask it, which is what that, certain exactly. things can do, that it's a glorified Febreze sprayer to hide a smell. <laughs> like we're talking about locking in the ammonia gas and not just masking it. Which is That's brilliant. right. Look, I think the whole thing is a lot, a lot of animals are housed uh, on slats. You know, you'd have some animals that'll be housed on, on, on straw bedding. But really what the, what the Actisan is doing, when it's soaking on the beds, Really, what it's doing is retaining the ammonia that's actually uh, being released into the environment. If you have a better environment, you're going to have animals that thrive better. So, look, the whole thing that we're doing with the Actisan is really guys are putting it on. It has a 72-hour window once you apply it. So what guys are doing with it is in normal circumstances, they're putting it on every three days. Mm -hmm. And what that's doing is it's, it's drying the beds. It's working on the biology. And and guys are normally going every three days with it. That's normally what they're trying to do. Now, at, when you're coming up to dry drying off time, it's a it's a high risk period for infection. So guys will normally go at a slightly higher rate or with it every second day or every day for a couple of weeks until animals are dried off. But look, 
key to the whole thing is hygiene. Not not introducing any any pathogens or any sources of infection that could potentially cause issues when cows calve down in the springtime. A lovely little tip there as well, because we often see it happen after the cows turn out, right? Yeah. And then when the, when the farmer gets a bit of time on, on their side, they go in. And the cubicles, you can nearly eat your dinner off. They give a huge, deep clean. They're the shiniest they've been. Obviously, the cows have gone out. And you go, geez, that's great now for next year, right? The problem with that is that looks great. And there's no cows in there. When by the time we get around to hopefully it is mid-November, right? But it could be October of some years and that. All this bacteria has started to multiply in your lovely clean housing, in the cracks and in the gaps and all. So we'd always, as time permits, obviously the weather we've seen hasn't suited this model where cows have had to be rushed in in many parts of the, the country. But maybe, please God, they'll get back out again, right? And we, and we get a bit of a bounce. But it's to get in with whether your Lyman agents or your Actisans and get that done before the cows get in. Let's kill that bacteria that has started to multiply over that summer period. And as we got into the, into the winter, and that moisture getting in the sky, don't kind of get it on the day before the cows come in. If you can get your, your whether it's your lime or your Actisans, maybe two weeks beforehand, get that fine dusting in there. And let's start to kill that bacteria faster and earlier than we can, just to kind of give the cows a great starting place as well. And look, I suppose it's been very difficult on lads as well with the, with the weather yeah. being so changeable. You know, a lot of guys wouldn't start doing their washing or fixing cubicles or mats that need replacing or that end of stuff until the back end of the year. And the weather has been so variable. Animals have been in and out. And I suppose the way it's been now, guys have just had to go for it and, and put animals in uh, full time now over the last couple of weeks. Like So some of that maintenance mightn't mightn't have been done or it might have yeah. been done in a, in a hurry, if you get me. So. Hygiene is going to be key and anything you can do to minimise the risk of infection is going to be massive now over the next couple of weeks. And just on that, I think we'll just give it a, a quick mention there. We have a fabulous little testimonial video. Only done last week there with Donald Kavanaugh up outside Bolton Glass as well. And he just talks about how he uses Actisan and his great story and how he swears by it as well. You'll find that in our YouTube channel and our social channels as well. But uh, I thought, don't, go on. James, the same as with everything. If there is anybody that's struggling with hygiene or cell counts or, or mastitis, we have a huge team of lads on the ground there that are willing to help regardless of the uh, the issue. So, uh, look, it, it's only a matter of giving your your local rep a call. But, yeah, look, if there is any issues there, just give us a shout. Yeah, fair play. Shawnee, anything else? Let's move on from housing and Actisan, our fantastic product. Is there anything else that you would like to cover here today? Uh, please don't bore me now with regulations, but uh, I'd like a bit of a summary, maybe. Summary of regulations, geez. Where do I start? <laughs> no, look, I suppose at the minute between between the Actisan and, and the mineral blocks, what our agronomists are doing at the minute is trying to line up any farmers that need soil sampling, that their, maybe their soil samples has expired, or a new regulation that was taken in this year was with regard to the organic matter maps. So previous to the 1st of January 2023, uh, FOSS approved advisor could sign off. If a soil or a, a parcel was classified as being peat, and that's how that's classified is the Chagos EPA organic matter maps. But now we need an organic matter test. So basically what our lads and ladies is doing at the minute is we're looking at our clients, we're looking at our soil sample maps, and we're seeing as any additional soil samples needed. 
And there's a couple of other regulation changes that I won't bore you with uh, as well. But there's a lot of change. There's a lot of change coming as well. Um, I, I read there today in the in the journal that they're on about putting GPS trackers on slurry tankers now to, to try and get a better handle on the slurry exports. So that's supposedly something that's happening in the Netherlands. And there's talks of that coming into play in Ireland potentially in, in 2025. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Basically, there's a nitrates expert group that um, the department have and they're coming up with potential changes to regulations that we could uh, be implementing from the 1st of January in 2024, which is only a couple of weeks and months away. And then they're looking at the longer term vision. So, yeah, I thought the GPS tracker on the slurry tanks was interesting. Another one, I suppose, it's coming close to the 31st of October. So for any derogation farmers that need to export slurry, I suppose we need to have that sorted by then. And that can only be done on an online application this year. And they're looking into that as well. Basically, farmers have until the 31st of October to uh, register any imports and exports. But they're looking at is that with the date the slurry has been exported off the farm, that the application uh, may have to be made by that day, on that day or the day after. So, yeah, look, at a lot of changes. Part of my job is trying to simplify them down, that our agronomists understand them and that a farmer understands them. But it's it's challenging, but there's, there's opportunity and there, when there's a will, there's a way. Oh, no, exactly, Sean, and it's a huge credit to you because obviously it's easier to hide under the bed from this stuff and, and, and not worry about it. Like, But if you go back, like episode 16, the 18th of August, we covered uh, in more detail as well the fertiliser eggs and all. And anyone with any queries, like Grass and Negro staff are, are heavily knowledgeable on this as well. So there's just to get an extra ear to, to talk you through processes and fears and concerns as well, you know, it's been brilliant and a huge credit to you all organising that, you know. There's one more regulation that I'm going to bore you with, James, but it's something that I never picked up on and it may not be applicable to a, a lot of farmers, but it may be applicable to some. Mm -hmm. So in Cavan Monaghan, we are blessed with a 22-week storage period. We're blessed with all the rain uh, over the storage period. So we've been we've been allocated a 22-week, whereas uh, they have it handy in Kenny there with, I think, 16 weeks or 18 weeks. I'm sure these are the 16 weeks. But something interesting for, say, a farmer in Monaghan that has some land in Loud, Right. Yeah. Stay with me. For example, if the farmer in Loud has 20 percent of the of the land area in Monaghan, they will go from an 18 week storage period to a 22 week storage period. So if you if you're in one county that has say 18 weeks slurry storage required, but have you, if you have a portion of your land area that you're declaring on your BPS in a count, a border county, say, or any sort of a county. Yeah that has a different slurry storage requirement. If there's more than 20% of the land area, you're automatically defaulted to the upper one. The upper one. So that would that would mean that that loud farmer or that farmer in loud that has more than 20% of the holding in Monaghan, their whole farm system would be defaulted to 22 weeks. So that's an extra month slurry storage. So it, it's something that I just sort of picked up. Oh, that's a brilliant stat though, Sean. A brilliant piece of information hidden inside in, in the rules because that could save a guy a bit of stress and, and a few sleepless nights there as well. Fair play. That's really it for me. You it's, know, I really uh, appreciate that. And Ed, before we go on, uh, we got a suggestion there from some people looking for uh, a new section onto the side pod called the Turf Corner. So probably Kilkenny would be famous for hurling, but its most famous team would probably be the Kilkenny Hockey Club. 
So how are we going to put the turf corner into the sod pod, Ed? Yeah, James, I'm going to get a I'm going to get a bit of stick now from uh, probably everyone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's not something I'd normally uh, highlight. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know I play I play hockey there with the Kilkenny Hockey Club, and uh, we have a, a big sod pod following in the in the hockey club in Kilkenny. In fairness, especially from our Argentinian players. In fairness, now I'll give uh, I'll give Rodrigo hey. a bit of a, a bit of a shout out there, but yeah, no. Um, look, it, it was a suggestion that was made there um, during the week. I don't think it's a bad one now. Claire Hurland might have to take a bit of a, a side gig now uh, from now on, now because it's going to be all it's going to be all hockey now, and I probably am setting myself up for for more abuse than I than I normally get. But yeah, no. Look, uh, going forward, there we'll 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 try and include the lads now because because uh, the listenership is uh, is so great. So look, shout out to everyone in the Kenny Hockey Club there and uh, and all the boys there uh, that I I'd see this evening. Fair play, that's brilliant, lads. Thanks very much for coming on. Ed Healy, part of the P and M team, of course. Shawnee Mac came back on to us to give us a dig out as well. Our sustainability operations and compliance manager. Let's really appreciate that. Thanks very much. Cheers, James. Cheers. Mind yourselves out there. Farm smart. Farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.